0: This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now your host, he believes that a level of stress is necessary to provide the traction for life. He's my dad, Brendan Burton. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it is my goal to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your Chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor for this episode is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Is your Chamber struggling to drive the revenue it needs to support your initiatives? It's a common problem, and one that our new title sponsor, Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions, knows a lot about. Doug and Bill Holman aren't just sales consultants, they're real live chamber guys with 20 plus years of chamber leadership experience. They know how to diagnose and solve member recruiting issues faster and better than anyone else, and they're ready to put that knowledge to work for you and your chamber. Call the Holman Brothers today at 619-852-1391 or check them out at holmanbros.com. That's H-O-L-M-A-N-B-R-O-S.com. Our guest for this episode is Mark Egan. Mark serves as president and CEO of the Capital Region Chamber and the Center of Economic Growth based in Albany, New York. The Chamber and its Center for Economic Growth affiliate drive economic prosperity with one voice, one mission, as one region. Mark began his chamber career in 1987 and held executive posts with chambers in Mansfield and Brockton, Massachusetts, and South Bend, Indiana, prior to being recruited to New York's Capital Region in 2008. He holds a bachelor's degree from Stonehill College and a certificate in executive management from the University of Notre Dame. He's an IOM at the University of Delaware and the Center for Creative Leadership. He's also earned his CCE designation. Mark served as chairman of ACCE and chaired its foundation and certified chamber executive commission. He serves on the U.S. Chamber Committees of 100 and is a past chair of the New York, Indiana, and Massachusetts Association for Chamber of Commerce Executives, and past chair of the Institute for Organization Management Board of Regents. He's been recognized as Chamber Executive of the Year, both by the New England and the Indiana Chamber Executive Associations. Mark, I'm excited to have you with me today here on Chamber Chat Podcast. Um, I appreciate you carving out some time to, to be with us today, and Love for you to take a moment to say hello to everyone out there listening and share something interesting about yourself, so you can get to know Mark Egan a little bit better.
1: Well, terrific! Thanks for having me, and thanks for doing this program. It's a great way to inform and inspire and connect us all over, over the country and different sized communities um, and how we can do our work uh, with with greatest impact. So again, you thank you for you know creating this uh, this forum. Um, so you probably heard through you know that that intro. I've been doing this for a long time. I can't believe that um, you know that job out of college is now turned into 34 years later. Um, but I, I guess the piece about myself as it relates to personal, but also to sort of what we do for a living is you know I learned about business by the kitchen table. My dad ran a, a small business, um, so I, I learned about the the struggles, but also really the rewards of of hard work. And I saw the relationships he had with other businesses in our community and what they're able to do together. Uh, And I think, quite frankly, that's sort of what spurred my original interest to get involved in, in chamber work. That's
0: awesome. Gave you a taste at a young age of what the power of a chamber could do. That's awesome. Um, well, take a moment to tell us a little bit more about the Capital Regents Chamber, kind of the size, scope, um, budget, staff, that sort of thing, and kind of set the table for our discussion for today.
1: Sure. Well, I, I guess what I would say, because of my career, um, I, I've been in chambers at all different sizes. So, you know, for some of you who might be in a smaller community and you might hear what I when I say the size of our organization on budget, you might say, well, this, his comments aren't going to relate to me. And really, what I want to say is that you know my my first chamber when I started, I was the only employee, um, and we had a budget of hundred and ten thousand um, dollars. Our organization today that I work for has uh, thirty two employees. Um, and we have a budget of seven point three million dollars. We serve a metro area of a little over a, a million people. Um, so um, so I've you know gone through sort of the 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 All those phases of being the only employee or being in a a couple community chamber to a a county chamber to a regional chamber and and, and now more of a a metro chamber. Um, So hopefully some of my experiences can relate to everybody, no matter where they're at.
0: Absolutely. You definitely have seen the the whole spectrum of chamber work. Um, So for those listening, uh, listen into to what Mark has to say, because he's, he does come from experience from all different backgrounds. And, and I think what he will share with us today is going to bring a lot of relevancy. Um, our, the topic that we're going to focus on today is specifically around the idea of, of taking a job that you love and turning it into a career or even a job that you just like and, and make it into a career. And, um, I'm looking forward to getting into this discussion with Mark as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round, affordable, and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom eat, shop, play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunitycom chat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a Small Business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit AppmyCommunity.com/slash chamber chat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. All right, Mark, we are back as I kind of set the table before the break is we're going to be talking about turning a a job you like into a career, which is something that you've done successfully, um, going from, you know, that, that chamber that you started with, with 110 members and, um, you know, up to, to where you are now with a more of a Metro chamber, um, I know I, I like having this kind of discussion with, with chamber professionals because very rarely does somebody get into the chamber world intentionally. Right. Usually it's something you kind of fall into. You'd mentioned a little bit about seeing your dad as a, a small business owner, but why don't we just start with, with your, your origins in chamber work and what made you fall in love with it?
1: So you know, if, if remnants of my accent still don't give me away, I'm originally from Massachusetts. I haven't lived there now in I think 24 years or something like that. But some some of that accent will never disappear. Um, and I went to to those of you who haven't heard of Stonehill College? It's it's in Massachusetts. Uh, it's a uh, liberal arts uh, college. They have a decent amount of business majors. About 2,500 students. And I when I went there, um, I graduated in 1987. Uh, the economy was re- really strong. There were recruiters on campus. Um, I had uh, multiple job offers before I graduated. Um, and I walked across st- stage to get my diploma with, without a job. And I remember when I'd have an interview and, and have an offer, my, my dad would say, well, why don't you take it? And I'd say, well, it didn't really excite me. And you know, my dad grew up in the generation where you know, i sort of joked the jobs were to provide, not to excite. Yeah. Um, but it was literally, it was two days before my graduation. I read this article in my hometown newspaper about this, uh, new chamber of commerce, um, that they had been, you know, it was, had been grassroots developing, you know, uh, members, and they had enough members to open an office and to begin to hire a staff. And I thought, boy, that sounds really interesting. And. You know, I, and my, my again, my comment about my dad. I remember he reached out to somebody he knew who, who was had been involved and helped create the chamber. And, they, and they're like, "Oh well, it's a group, but you know, we don't really know what we're gonna what, what our focus is going to be. We really don't have any, you know, money to pay much." And I thought, "This, I don't know, this sounds like such a cool opportunity." I, I had led a membership association, not a membership association, a, a, a club on campus. And uh, so anyway, I threw my hat in the ring. Um, I remember they used a local like HR company to help sort of uh, you know go through applicants and interview, and they you know basically said to me, we're gonna we, I think we're gonna put you in the mix that's gonna see the board, but you know basically you're a long shot because you know you're you're young and you're green, and and um, but we like to have a variety of candidates, um, and ultimately I get offered the job, but and quite frankly I think part of it was again they didn't have a lot of money. And I could be hired cheap right out of school. My starting salary was fifteen thousand dollars in nineteen eighty seven. <laughs> and and um, the the um, but they also I think they could see my passion, um, and they also knew I was from the local community. It was a, the chamber that covered three different towns, and I think they thought because I knew the community because again my dad knew people that maybe I'd help them get members. Um, so again, it just started as a job, but as a twenty two year old, I literally had to you know go and pick out the, you know, get get office furniture, have the phones turned on. Like It literally was a startup organization. Um, they had, you know, I remember going to the first board meeting and I said, you know, they said, what's your first goal? And I said, my first goal is to get members. Went back the next month at the board meeting. I said, I changed my first goal. Um, we need to do something. We need to know why we exist and why would someone want to be a member? Yes. Um, and, and, um, and I remember, you know, you know, way back then, uh, you know, used to having all these breaks through going through school and then in college, and I thought, how do you take this new job and get two weeks off? And, you know, I, is that going to f- feel like I'm in jail? And, and um, I remember my first year, um, I literally, other than a few days and a getaway one time during the winter, I didn't take any time off because I was just so excited by the work we were doing and what we were trying to what we were trying to, to build. Um, and um, and, I, and I, again, to your point, it was again, it was still a job, but it was a job that I felt like I really was, I was enjoying it. and I could see sort of the rewards, not just for me, but more importantly, for the, the businesses that we were, were working with. So, and, as, and as you know, a lot of times, um, Chambers will work together. And, and sort of in that part of Massachusetts, we had this informal group where we, we would we'd get together. I think it was quarterly with the execs, and 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 then certain number of times a year we'd actually bring our a volunteer leader. Um, and um, the again, I was three years into the job. There was a chamber that was nearby. That again, we were three years old at that time. The, the chamber I think was seventy-seven years old. Um, you know, by the time I left the chamber, we had a little over three hundred members. This organization about seven hundred and fifty members that their exec was leaving and one of those volunteers who had seen me at those meetings reached out to me and said we have an opening do you think you want to be a candidate um, and I thought well again this is going to be a stretch because I'm still this young guy and I have this experience here but um, they saw something in me and, and 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 I was hired and that's where I um, I grew my skill sets in a whole different way. And I went from just, you know, three suburban towns to an old urban city, industrial city that had a lot of challenges, um, as well as the neighboring communities. Um, so could go on, but I'll, I'll take a take I was going to say, maybe we
0: take a little pause there and, and kind of backtrack a little bit. It sounds like you're a quick learner, you know, to change your first goal uh, on the, you know, so early on to getting members to really saying, hold on, we need to figure out what our mission and vision is to get people to get excited about what we're doing. Um, but I'm curious in those first three years, um, how did you learn to run a chamber? How did you, who did you rely on? Did you have mentors? Did it sound like you're part of a regional group of other chambers, but what were some of those outlets and resources that you relied on?
1: Yeah, a great question. And I, 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 um, I remember just describing myself as a sponge, uh, literally. That's what I felt like I was just soaking in from everybody I could learn from. Um, a lot of my neighboring chambers right nearby or other chambers in the state. So I started my, my job in, in um, uh, July. And so, again, I reached out to some chambers nearby to start with. I remember in January was the first state association meeting I went to, um, which was a big deal for me um, to sort of get real sort of professional development. Um, and I remember then that that um, someone said to me, um, "Are you going to go to institute?" And of course, my response was, "What's institute? What's I, had never, I had never even heard of it." And um, particularly at that time, um, it was sort of a standard that most chamber folks did. Uh, today, depending on the size of the chamber, it's. It's. I don't know. It's as, as prevalent today as it was, uh, you know, in in, in the eighties. Um, but as soon as I knew about it. My goal was to go um, and to find out, find a way to, to you know, to, to to find enough money for to to pay the, you know, the 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 tuition and 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 all that to to, to go. And because I was in the Northeast back then, it was in in, in Delaware, um, and um, and I remember, you know, back then you used to get materials that you had to read, and you had to you used to, to do a written test. and And I remember some of those materials I read a couple of times before I even went to to institute because it was again, it was like, oh my God, here, this is like someone is telling me how to to do this. And back then I thought that there were things we were, when an idea would come forward by volunteers, sometimes I would call on, you know, sort of one of the deans in the area to say, you know, can we do that? Because I thought there was things that we could do or couldn't do. And I realized you can do anything. that's right It's (laughs) It's really what's the needs of your community and you have the capacity to deliver? So it was really those those those, um, uh, those folks that took me under their wing um, had a huge impact um, in helping shape me. Um, and then, you know, my connections that, you know, when I went to Institute. I got to meet people that weren't just from my state, but really from the Northeast region of the country. And then it just continued to grow over the years.
0: So you went from the this the original chamber the, the smaller you know where you're the you know the the chief cook and bottle washer and you know doing everything you're you're doing the membership sales managing you know office manager uh, retention the, the whole shebang right yep. and then you get this new opportunity at a new chamber that expands your um i guess available skill set uh, so you had to learn some new skills you had to learn how to manage people you had to learn, you know, probably a larger scope maybe of of what that chamber covered. So what was that transition like with the, with this next step?
1: It it was, it was a big one. Um, because, you know, again, the, the, um, the, the tri-town chamber was my first chamber, um, again, because of three towns. So it's a creative name And, 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 uh, so it was my, myself and I had a, a, a part-time like administrative assistant and we had like a contract kind of membership person by the time I left. And then the chamber I went to, I can't remember the exact number of employees when I got there, I wanna say five or six. Um, but I, I think what happened for me at that next chamber was the first chamber, we were very much focused, I would say as a, as a member benefits organization. You know, our, our sort of whole program of work was um, programs, you know, what do you register to go to? It was you know pretty sort of transactional, um, and then going to my to the second community, and as I mentioned, it was a you know you had a city of about hundred thousand people and the surrounding communities, um, and the, and the city um, was on a decline. Um, so part of it was how do you use the strength of the business community to help turn the community around? So that was probably when I started to realize that the chamber was more than an organization to serve its members, but an organization to help strengthen the community. Um, and I guess the uh, thing I would just say that sort of in addition to it, um, I, I always looked to say, how do I keep, when, at that point I realized, okay, well, this is great, but who knows, someday I might want to be somewhere else and do something else. And and So I remember it was, I think it was my first ACC, uh, first ACCE meeting I went to. And there were these, uh, uh, there weren't even like breakouts because the conference was different back then. But it was like this optional sessions you could go to sort of in your free time. I skipped my free time and I went to this session about tourism. And one of my friends said, what the hell are you going to that one on tourism from your, your community you're in? You know, it does nothing in tourism. and I said. But I don't know if the next community I might want to go to might have tourism. So I need to learn those skills today. And then, you know, long story short, when I moved to South Bend, Indiana, a component of the chamber there was the Convention of Visitors Bureau. We had six or seven staff people who just worked on tourism. So that was the example of how it goes full circle.
0: Yeah, and if you're already at the conference and the, the information is being shared, why not be there? Be that sponge because you never know what that next opportunity is going to be. And and for those listening, it may be something you decide to try to implement at your own organization you know, that you're currently at and talk to your board about it and say, does this make sense for our community? Um, but it sounds like I was going to ask you, at what point did you realize gee, this isn't just a job. Like this is a career. I'm going to be in this for the long haul. Sounds like it might've been then when you started to kind of broaden the scope and think, you know, further down the road. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think it is, you know, I was, um, I, uh, when I was at the, the, it's called the, it's called the Metro South chamber, which is in in Brockton, Massachusetts, about, uh, 20 so miles South of Boston. And, 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 um, I realized that I felt like um, I felt like I was getting into a routine there and I was there for uh, and and I was there for a little over seven years. And I said, I, 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 I'm not comfortable with routine. Um, And so I said, okay, I need to decide, um, am I going to look for another chamber job or am I going to look for a different job? Um, And I, you know, born and raised in Massachusetts was always very close to 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 my you know immediate family, my folks, my my siblings, um, and but I realized if I was really going to have it be my career, I couldn't just say, well, what other chamber might open up within, you know, a thirty mile radius, um, and um, so I, I again things are a little bit different today than they were back then. That was before you know larger chambers with higher search firms. And there was a guy who used to work for the U.S. Chamber called me and said have you ever thought of living in the midwest and my response was what <laughs> and, and he said you know there's a, he goes there's a, an opening in south bend indiana and he goes when they described who they are you know the kind of leader they thought they might need he goes i thought of you and and my first thought was my only literally my only experience in the midwest was changing planes at o'hare I literally had not been to to any of the, often as people refer to as the flyover communities. Um, And I thought, you know what? I should probably explore this. Um, And I did. Um, And again, that was a huge step. Um, Not just personally from the whole geography side and sort of moving away from home, um, but the organization was significantly larger than where I was at. Um, you know, the staff that I had at the Metro South Chamber, I think we were seven people. Um, I think there were 22 people on the staff in South Bend, um, it was going with, nothing was familiar. You know, I didn't know the community, knew any of those things. So it was really a test to say, have I developed these skills when I can go somewhere where I literally know nobody, but can, you know, develop sort of do, do a community assessment, build skills, build relationships help maybe bring the chamber and the organization and the community to a to a different level and it's funny i remember on my i was a a newlywed going through that process and i went out for my uh final interview and my wife they wanted her to come and so we did a tour we had to do a dinner with volunteers and she had to come and the next day i was going to have interviews for the, the half of the day and I remember when I left the hotel room in the morning, she said, well, what do you think is going to happen? I said, well, then I, so this is the piece. And I said, you know, I guess, you know, the next day, probably get a call saying, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll debrief, whatever. Well, I could walk from where the chamber office was to where the hotel we were staying. I get back to the hotel room and I said to her, it didn't go the way I thought. And she goes, well, it didn't go well. I said, no, they offered me the job right then. And, and, and and I remember all these emotions going through me. Um, and, um, and I, as I thought through it, I said to her, can you see any reason for me not accepting this job other than it's not in Massachusetts? And she said, I can't. And I said, I can't either. I said, so if I don't take this job, it means I'm going to look, I'm going to leave chamber work because I really can't. I can't continue to grow in chamber work if I'm not willing to really make the the big move. Obviously, the the you know you already know the rest of the story. I I took the leap, and uh, you know my two children were both born there, and I you know had the pleasure of working in South Bend for ten and a half years.
0: Wow! So mm-hmm. as you tell the story, it sounds like there's a couple decision points, and and I think. Uh, it's probably similar to a lot of people's career path where, you know, one decision point was making that choice to, to take on more, more learning um, what, at whatever level it is, but taking in stuff that you maybe don't currently need. But then the big one is to, to open up the opportunity or the idea of moving outside the area to be able to continue your career. Um, how does that, uh, I know everyone's different in their, you know, their, their home life status. You'd mentioned you were a newlywed at the time. How do you go about that conversation with, uh, I mean, it's a big move. Um, some, some people have children at this point in their career. Um, so you're dealing with schools and everything. What, what kind of advice would you have with the, with those kind of discussions?
1: Well, you know, I think everyone's different and you, and you have to say, you know, can't, you know, if, again, i totally push myself out of my comfort zone. Um, one just because of the chamber and the size and the scope and all of that. But then again, the geographic piece. Um, so you have to do what, you know, you have to, I think you read your own tea leaves. And I, and again, I think the timing of children is important. You know, I think for most of us, you don't want to make a move when your kids are probably in high school, if you can help it. Um, you know, when, when, um, when we made the, the move, when we moved to, uh, uh, to, to Albany, New York, my kids were then in first and third grade. So again, it was ages that were, were easy, easier to adjust. Um, and again, that was, the move was, you know, for the sort of, again, the opportunity that was there, but also the nice benefit was, you know, where the majority of our family is, we were 14 hours away from them. And now when we moved to New York, we're two and a half hours away from them. So that was a, a nice added uh, a bonus to it. Um, the thing I would also say if, you know, I, I have been so impressed of, you know, my colleagues that I've known for a long, long time who maybe have chosen, not, not because they were stuck, but they were chosen to stay in the same community for, you know, 20, 30 years. Um, and, and I give them a lot of credit because, you know, in, in most cases, the reason they've been able to do so is they keep reinventing themselves they don't just sort of retire there and not tell people and still go to work every day. You know, they challenge themselves, they, they meet the needs. Um, and, um, you know, and, 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 you know, and for me, you know, while I've moved, I haven't moved very much, you know, I'm only in my fourth chamber in 34 years. Yeah.
0: I think that's a good point to make with, uh, you know, some people choose to, to move chambers as they develop their career in chamber world and others will, stay in the same community they started with and stay at the same chamber for 30 or 40 years but the, you hit the key there is they keep you know reinventing themselves, keep reinventing what the offerings are that the chamber has to offer and and I'm sure they can see a similar path to when they first started at their chamber um, 30 or 40 years prior and then you know towards the end of their career to see how they're Chamber has grown because of the things they've learned and implemented, and they didn't just stay stagnant. So I think that's a
1: key cool point. Think that We, as encourage us personally, but I think even for our organizations to fulfill its mission, we have to be willing to sort of challenge the status quo. Um, and and I guess what I would say to to folks that are watching and listening again, who are all different sort of size communities, is the thing that I remember years ago. Again, when I would you know, read an article through ACCE or I would go to a, a conference or a state association meeting, um, you know, again, going back to those early days, oftentimes I was one of the smallest communities there, but I used to try to listen to what some of the larger communities were doing and saying, hey, how does this relate to what we're doing? And can I just scale it all back to a, a level? Um, and I think that was part of what some of the successes we were able to have and part of the reason that I have grown so i wouldn't you know encourage all my colleagues uh, to do that don't look at something and say well because we're suburban and they're you know their city or because you know we have three staff and they have seven staff or whatever um, i think that we can learn from each other we can we can grow together and it's really how can we have you know impact to strengthen businesses and then how can those businesses because they're helping create jobs, create better opportunity for the people who live in our communities.
0: Absolutely. I love the idea of just being open-minded as you don't shut down ideas because the chamber that you're hearing them from is much larger has a bigger budget or more staff. Think, how can I take something, an idea that I like, how can I implement it? Maybe it includes a strategic partnership with another organization in your community. Maybe it you know, involves outsourcing. So I mean, the opportunities are are limitless if you can be creative and stay open-minded to to what's being presented. So I like that we're having this discussion right now as we've kind of worked through this COVID pandemic. um, We've seen a pretty large exit, I would say, of people in the chamber industry, either retiring or maybe going into private sector work. And that means there's opportunities, there's openings for new people to kind of fill these voids that are new to chamber world. So I'd like to ask you, what would be maybe one piece of advice that you would have for somebody who's just now getting into chamber work to maybe explore the idea of actually making it a career, not just a, a holdover job until something else better comes but to, to really fall in love with it and make it a career what would you what would you have to say?
1: I guess if, if you' if you're new, um, I guess I would go in from my experience is going back to that analogy of the sponge you know try to soak in as much as you can. Um, you know and through the years it's not just learning from other colleagues but you know, learning from the, the, the volunteer leaders that we work with, um, and I have, um, you know, you also learn from the people that you don't like what they do and you learn what you don't want to do. Um, you know, I remember, you know, years ago, when back when I was you know, still in my twenties and, you know, one of my colleagues who sometimes, you know, would, would, uh, you know, get sort of full of himself. And I would, you know, say to somebody, you know, if I'm ever like that, shoot me. Um, and because, you know, I think we have to realize that, you know, um, you know, the work that we do is important, but, you know, we're not the chamber. Um, w- you know, we have the privilege of working there, um, but, you know, I I, I'm, I hope that each of those chambers I worked at that I had an impact while I was there, but none of them went out of business when I left. Um, and and um, But I think that as we work together as a, a team in our community it can make a big difference. And, you know, there's opportunities that I've had you know, where I've had folks in the private sector try to get me to leave and go to work for them. And, and, you know, really what I've tried to ask myself is, you know, can I think of another career where I think I would find it satisfying, and that I could impact so many different people? Um, you know, and and I, the answer is, I haven't been able to. Uh, and that's why I'm, you know, I'm still doing this every day. Yeah, during the pandemic, there were times where i you know, to say, geez, how many more years before I can retire? But the reality is, you know, you know, recently somebody was talking about it and I said, well, you know, I, 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 I still have to work quite a few more years. But I said, even if I didn't have to, I'm not ready to retire yet. You know, it still really energizes and motivates and inspires me every day.
0: Absolutely. I love that answer. Um, I wanted to ask you, since you have been at a variety of different chambers. You've seen the, the scope of the spectrum. Um, maybe, you know, a, a tip or an action item that you can offer to, to somebody listening that, who may be trying to take their own, their, their chamber up to the next level. What would be a, a piece of Mark Egan
1: advice? <laughs> you know, I guess I'd say is, you know, if I look and look through my um, development over the years, um, a lot of it ties to my colleagues. Um, some of my closest personal friends are folks who I met, you know, over the last 30 years. Um, and they're in lots of different states. Um, and, um, and, and even, you know, we haven't seen each other as much because of the pandemic, but we'll still have the Zoom call that we're, you know, together. Because as we know, there's nobody else in our community that does exactly what we do. So I, I would you know, encourage you to develop that network. Um, it could be, again, the chamber next door, but it could be a, a, a chamber across the country. Somebody that you click with you know, personally and professionally. Um, if you haven't yet plugged into, whether it's you know, whatever your budget is, if it means going to your state association, or if you can go to institute, if it's the right program for you, um, ACCE, you know, even if you, you know, don't have the budget, to ever go to a program, to go to their convention, you know, for a pretty minor investment, just to have access to all the tools and resources that are on their website. There's so many best practices. You can't just take it and duplicate it at your organization. But as I said earlier, you can take it and adapt it to the needs of in your community and your membership.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So I like asking this question to everyone that I have on the show is as we all look to the future of chambers, how do you see the future of chambers and their purpose going forward?
1: Um, You know, um, I I guess what I'd say is, is if if we can all think back to why did chambers originally get formed? um, I think over the years, um, Sometimes where we've evolved to isn't why we got created. So you know, to my earlier comment about you know being a member benefits organization, or is the purpose broader than that? And yes, without members, um, we couldn't do our work. You know, that we're a membership-based organization. But I think our mission can be more than serving our members, um, because if it's just they're coming to us because of an educational programming or a networking program. A for-profit company can do that, um, but but if we look at it and say it's really about strengthening the economic and social well-being of our communities, um, we're at a unique intersection to be able to do that, and there's probably no one that can do it as well as our chamber, whether we're a community of ten thousand people or a metro of millions of people. Um, so I think if we focus on that bigger mission. Um, you know, chambers are going to be here for a long time, but if we're just that transactional organization, I think that that folks can question, you know, really what our direct value is.
0: I love that answer. I think as the world changes around us, that that core reason as to why a chamber exists is still to strengthen and develop their community, and I think that purpose becomes even stronger. You know, as as the world becomes more digital and you know, money flows different ways um, it's even more of a reason to have a, a strong core within the community to, to build it and, and bring people together. So thank you for that. So Mark, as we wrap things up here, uh, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share any contact information for anyone who might want to reach out and connect with you about, you know, your career, anything you had to share with us today, what would be the best way for, for someone to reach out and connect?
1: Yes. Uh, feel free. And I can, I can, um, Put my uh, email in here if I'm doing it with my glasses on, so hopefully I don't have a typo. Yeah, but it's... And, and I'll put them in the show notes as well. All right, good. So it's, it's uh, M Egan, E A G A N, at capitalregionchamber.com. Uh, feel free to send me an email if there's a question or the resource that I can point you to. If you want to set up a time and do a, a conversation, I'd be happy to do it. In um, my direct line, it's 518. 518- 431 1424.
0: 4. That's perfect. And again, like I said, I, I will get this in our show notes for this episode, which will be at chamberchatpodcast.com slash episode 155. But Mark, thank you so much for spending time with me today here on Chamber Chat Podcast. I think what you provided is a lot of value to those listening, especially those who may just be getting into the chamber world. Uh, Mark is a great resource and uh, you know a wealth of experience and knowledge. So hopefully everyone was being a sponge and soaking this up. But thank you, Mark, for being with us today. Well,
1: thanks for the invitation and thanks for all that you do.
0: If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Would you be interested in creating even more value from the processes that you're already doing on a daily basis? SwipeIt has been one of my sponsors for Chamber Chat from the beginning. SwipeIt provides credit card payment solutions that will save your chamber up to 40% on your processing fees, and SwipeIt can integrate your credit card processing seamlessly into your existing membership software. SwipeIt does not charge chambers to switch, and they will make switching simple. In addition to these savings, Swipe It has an affinity program for Chambers of Commerce, so you can earn more non-dues revenue to support your budget. Learn more about Swipe It by requesting your free cost savings analysis and become more profitable today by visiting chamberchatpodcasts.com slash cc, as in credit card. Again, that's chamberchatpodcasts.com Slash CC, and you can join many other chambers as you begin
1: swiping with Swipe It.